This is the Deep V Podcast. Deep shit I could never say on the radio. I'm Casey Joe. I'm creating the space for the ones who live from their full heart. The ones that live life with panache and zest, but also struggle with that daily existential crisis. Let's talk about it. Here we explore breaking up with comfort zones and deep-throating vulnerability. The Deep V. Episode 5. There is no mental health. There is only health. Life will break you. Nobody can protect you from that, and living alone won't either, for solitude will also break you with its yearning. You have to love. You have to feel. It is the reason you are here on earth. You are here to risk your heart. You are here to be swallowed up. And when it happens that you are broken, or betrayed, or left, or hurt, or death brushes near, let yourself sit by an apple tree and listen to the apples falling all around you in heaps, wasting their sweetness. Tell yourself you tasted as many as you could. That's by Louise Erdrich from The Painted Drum. Hey, what's up? Friends, ex-lovers, total creeps, although now that we've talked about creeps, we're all just creeps. Therefore, hey, it's Casey Joe, and I'm a creep. I'm not a troll, though, okay? I creep in love. I come in peace. Welp, ain't perspective glorious? I realized I've been starting off this podcast like a whiny little bitch. Oh, wait a second. We don't talk that way. Let's not negate when we're feeling down or bad, okay? Let's not shame crying. I've watched a few self-help influencer men the last couple of days with their massive followings, and their key messaging is, don't be a whiny little bitch, you create your life. And while I understand what they're saying, that type of toxic masculinity doesn't help. That kind of toxic positivity doesn't help. Don't cry. Don't be a whiny bitch. (laughs) I mean, let's get real, bro. It's necessary to feel our feelings, to experience what we do, and hopefully move through the feelings. For example, I'm now at the point where I'm sick and goddamn tired of my moping. And what's really helped me with that is, well, experiencing my emotions and trying to not judge and hold compassion for myself. So I'm starting today off with gratitude. And when we express gratitude in any way, just be kind to yourself. It doesn't have to be an all-encompassing list that you can then judge yourself for like, well, I didn't list that I'm grateful for writing a poetry book and everyone who supported it, so now people will think I'm a terrible person. (laughs) Expressing gratitude is beautiful. It can and shall be done even amongst pain, suffering, and sadness. So today, I'm checking in. Taking a deep breath, settling, and I notice. Gratitude for you, for my pain, for my suffering, for my joy, for deep love, for ocean waves matching my heart beating, sometimes in fear, 
but embracing my fears, jumping into the fears and noticing that by doing that, the fears have eased just a little and then they ease a little bit more. Sometimes new fears pop by and that's okay. But every time I embrace my fears, they ease with patience. I have gratitude for origami meditation for all my teachers so far and the teachers to come for a roof over my head, a roof that has tried to damn near blow off for electricity and power and for crews that endure wild winds and storms to ensure that when the power's out, that we get it restored for my own innate wisdom and beauty that ensures that when my power's gone out, that I will endure the wild winds of my mind and the storms of the dark night of the soul to restore myself to my natural state of being groundedness, awareness, loving awareness, compassion, curiosity, it is my word of 2020 after all. <laughs> Curiosity. Actually, you know what? I don't have a word of the year and I've been waiting. I have had a mantra come to me. Okay, you ready for this? If it's not healing, inspiring, generating income, loving, or giving orgasms, it's not for me. <laughs> That's my mantra for 2020. Fuck boys, stay away. Oh, and I have gratitude for Raven, my puppy. Having a highly energetic and demanding puppy has taught me, wow, so much patience. <laughs> and it's allowed me to express my love in another way that I wasn't before. I have gratitude for when I watch her chase her own tail. To know it's a beautiful thing to enjoy our own company. And when I see her chew on her own leg, I can offer compassion and know that I too, for a while, have been chewing on my own leg while others watch on wondering, when is she going to stop chewing her own leg? And I have gratitude for the things that I want to let go of and just trust right now. I want to trust that money will come. I have gratitude for all of this guilt and shame that I've been carrying. I want to let it go. All that guilt and shame around finances, receiving help from strangers, from people I barely know, just the guilt of barely scraping by. Receiving is really hard for me, and it's humbling losing everything. But I also have the gratitude for the reminder that they can't take the love that resides inside my own heart. I'm constantly reminding myself of that and you too. So this episode focuses on all things mental health. We all have mental health. I'm really tired of that term, <laughs> mental health. No matter how you define it, it's something we all have. It is the filter in which we process and experience life and the meaning that we give it. It's our thoughts, our motivation, our emotions, our pains, the voices in our head, sometimes there's many of them, sometimes there's none. I think the term mental health is wrong and overused because sometimes people use it as an excuse for terrible things. Oh, well, they struggle with their mental health, so X, Y, Z. What about mental wellness? That's cool. I know we all want mental wellness. We're all worthy and deserving of that on the base level. I started calling it mental hell because when I'm not grounded or centered or when I'm actually experiencing what Eckhart Tolle calls the pain body, 
where the, all the painful bits of me consume me kind of like a monster, I am in mental hell. And I have to remind myself that anything to do with how we process and filter everything that's happened to us in life, what society would call mental health, if you struggle with that, it's, we need to look at it like it's just an injury that's having a flare up. That's it. And when I'm experiencing mental hell, which I currently am in and out of and mostly in right now, that's when I need to focus on my mental wealth. I need to put some bucks into my mental wellness, my mental well-being. Mental health also, mental health isn't just a mental thing. It's a physical thing. I physically feel and experience these pains. You physically can see it affecting me. There's not just physical health and then also mental health. We have to end the dualism between the two. And only then will we end current mental health stigma by not seeing it as two different things, by not seeing it as separate. It's the only way. There is no mental health. There is only health. And that's the question and the struggles that I receive most in my inbox is how do we heal the ailments of our mind? And for some, it's medicine. For some, it's therapy. For some, it's alternative things. For some, it's moving. It's travel. For some, it's just time. For some, it's never going to be different. And we got to take a look at something called radical acceptance, which is part of dialectical behavioral therapy, DBT, accepting everything that has happened to let go of what isn't possible, to accept what is with every part of our mind, body, and soul. You just stop fighting reality. That shit's hard. Or it's really easy. I don't know. So I've been trying to find a therapist again, which is no easy feat. And... (laughs) I'm a lot. I, I started working on healing my wounds since I was 19. So I'm 16 years in and it feels like I've made no progress. Despite knowing that that's a lie that my mind tells me. I'm not starting at the beginning. I'm not. I'm, I'm on my journey. But my brain tries to tell me that all these efforts I've made in 16 years hasn't made a damn difference. And I know that's a lie because most of what we think is a lie. Most of the things that we believe to be true just isn't. And check this out. I've been speaking up for mental health, mental wellness, for health, I guess, my own experience of mental health. I've been speaking up for years now, publicly, openly, and vulnerably for at least seven years. And in that time, I've realized it doesn't get easier. There's so many repercussions, especially professionally. If you out yourself in terms of your health and that comes to your mind and you out yourself online, there's so many repercussions and stigma. People take that and manipulate it and make it mean things. And then the next time they see you, they ask you these weird questions because they don't understand. And I've experienced it all. Bell Let's Talk Day is fucking garbage. It's a corporate hand job of a day for a company to act like they care about mental well-being when, I'm sorry, I worked for Bell and I can tell you, they don't. They absolutely don't. What they do care about is, that's the best way I can describe it, is a corporate hand job. (laughs) 
But I do talk about mental health every day. And I do talk about it every Bell Let's Talk day. Why? Because on that day, there are more people receptive to it. Even if it's bullshit, I'll take it over not. I don't give Bell any credit though. Do I stop talking about it after that day? No. Have I? No. Will I ever? No. I'll speak loudly. In fact, probably louder the other 364 days. And that's why you've come to me so much. And I have no answers. Because everybody needs help and support. Anyways, back to my search for the one trying to find the one. I've seen therapists and counselors, breathwork facilitators and coaches, hypnotherapists, psychiatrists, psychologists, trauma-based therapists. I've done CBT, CBD, ACT, acceptance and commitment therapy. I've been on a plethora of pills and supplements. So I'm trying to find a therapist, somebody who's smart, who gets me and gets it and can see my highly intelligent brain in all its schemes and plans. My last therapist was like, you need somebody that's at the top because even therapists have to go to therapists. Therapists are taking in people's garbage and their problems and their heaviness and their pain all day long. And they have to go and load that to somebody else on top of their own garbage and heaviness and pain. Then that therapist has to go to another therapist. I need to see the therapist that's at the top. Who's that? Can I find you online? Finding a therapist online is like, scrolling through these very gentle bios and how they want to help others. Yeah, I know you want to help others, but can you help me? Everybody kind of has the same profile. Like they all have photos of themselves on the top of a mountain or somewhere in nature, and they all look and sound the fucking same. What is this? Tinder? Bumble? Hinge? I'm swiping left fiercely on all of them. Like, oh, this one offers therapy with heart. Oh, I hope you offer therapy with heart. Maybe I just can't shake these feelings. Maybe I am going to feel like this forever. What if I just tried accepting that I might feel like this forever? It's a weird thought. I know that's not true because other feelings that I thought to be final weren't. No feeling is final, whether good or bad, pleasurable or painful. And my greatest fear with letting in somebody new, a new lover, a new therapist, it's all the same. I don't want to be vulnerable. I'm tired of being vulnerable and I'm afraid. Again, what if I never heal? See, I'm living a life that I'm not supposed to be. Maybe you are too. Statistically, I'm living a life that I'm not supposed to be. And really, fuck the stats. But statistically, I was born into chaos. I was born into an environment of trauma, child abuse, really fucked up shit, my deepest wounds that you can't even see. And anyone I've been brave enough to share them with has typically responded with, well, I just can't believe that that's happened to you. Because they look at me now. And they believe that my life now has been because of a quote-unquote normal set of circumstances. We can never know what anyone has experienced or is experiencing. And we definitely cannot tell what kind of life anyone lives or has lived strictly by looking at them. 
I have to remind myself I'm a goddamn success story. And even in my success story, I often feel like a failure. My mind constantly tricking me. All of the lies it tells us. Smart people say we think, on average, 70,000 thoughts a day, some more, some less. How they figure that out and how accurate that is, well, who knows? Some days I've thought one thought on repeat for the entire day. Sometimes I don't know where one thought begins and one ends. What constitutes a thought? Our awareness to it? The thoughts that run subconsciously in the background? Our mind constantly intercepting and interpreting daily life and basic functions? Regardless, 80% of those thoughts are inherently deemed negative, and 98% of those thoughts are repeats of the day before. You have 100% potential at having new realizations, new thoughts to birth, old patterns to squash. Those 2% are where great ideas come from where the damn magic happens, growth and growth and growth, where you realize that it's only you that has the power in your world to create and change it. This isn't a new thought for me, but perhaps it is for you. Have you had any new thoughts lately? Alternatively, we don't have to believe any of the ones that we have. And how fucking cool and liberating and absolutely terrifying is that? So I'm living a life I'm not supposed to, statistically. And again, it just goes to show, you can sit in front of a microphone every day and still struggle. Maybe you adhere to labels like depression, anxiety, ADHD, bipolar, borderline personality disorder, eating disorders, OCD, PTSD, postpartum, or otherwise. Regardless, you can be a person doing things, speaking, putting yourself out there, seemingly sounding confident, and still be terrified. Still feel the crippling weight of it all try to crush you. Nothing may look wrong with you, but that's inherently what's wrong with mental health stigma. We cannot look at someone and ever guess, assume, or know the inner turmoil they navigate. And that's okay. It's so cool for me to look back on where I've come from. If I can look back with gratitude for all of the abuse and severe trauma I've experienced, I know I'm not special. No one makes it out of this life without suffering, but we definitely experience different levels of it. And at times I've been grateful for my traumas and huge gaping abandonment wounds. And at other times I've been angry. Because remember, we're not taught how to express anger in healthy ways. We even have a word for the unhealthy ways we express it. Hangry. I'm hungry, therefore I'm justifiable in my feelings of anger. (laughs) I do get hangry sometimes, but I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it, okay? I just keep a few granola bars in my bag and some snacks just in case. But yeah, I felt angry a lot. Blind with rage. It's not fair has been in my head a lot. Nothing's fair. Nothing's guaranteed. I deserve better. Well, deserve is a strange word. What is it to deserve? I know that I'm worthy. I'm worthy of love. That much I know to be true. 
I'm worthy to be loved, to choose love, to keep my heart cracked open, especially when it wants to close. But this doesn't mean that I don't struggle with my own labels, if you will, the darkness, my shadow. I struggle with suicidal thoughts all the time. This is not a cry for help. Sometimes they exhaust themselves out, fade away, and the baby cries itself to sleep. I'm not sure if they'll ever leave. I have tried so hard and tried my best and sometimes it just hasn't been enough. It feels the more time and money and energy and efforts I've spent working to heal every wound have been relentless. Most of the wounds are not my fault. Hell, one could argue it's all not my fault. But the truth is, I'm the only one who can accept responsibility for me. I think the reason people reach out to me in times of deep suffering and despair is because they know I've crawled from the depths of this pain that has been gifted to me. The irony is great to feel both heavy and empty. I'm not a miserable person, but sometimes the pain choke holds me until I admit that I am one. I see the ego's lies for what it is, and yet still, sometimes I drown to the woes that need to feed on me and keep me trapped. I've learned so much, and yet still, wisdom and knowledge and doing the damn thing are not synonymous. I can see the thoughts for what they are, work on releasing them, experiencing them, letting go, and yet still, sometimes I'm afraid it will win. Maybe I'll always be this mess to the surface-dwelling soul. The more I out myself to the world, the more I notice how others treat me. With shame, awkwardness, those who turn to immature humor or making jokes at my expense to show they care but that they're ill-equipped to deal with a plethora of human emotions. I'm just going to keep talking when appropriate and from a place of healing, for I know it's only helped others to feel a slice of bravery and courage to speak up to. Let's all do our best to not only listen, but truly hear and hold space for the pains of others for more than one day a year, especially when we can't relate. So when we're in crisis, the routines that we maintain will help us get back to our center. The rituals, the things that we're dedicated to, they will help. This is why I've often been given this recipe when I'm in crisis. To eat, sleep, cry, exercise, journal, sleep more, take breaks, be basic. That routine is what you need. It's what I need to get you back to your center. Despite what has changed, despite what has altered your reality, despite what has the potential to try to ruin you, this is why I've often been given the advice to get out in nature. You're feeling really bad, get out for a walk, see life happening around you, go to the park, take a bath, rest, sleep, nap. Rest some more. Capitalism doesn't want you napping, okay? Just realize that. If you sleep more, it's bad for capitalism. They need you doing, and they need you needing more. They need you to feel like shit so that you feel the void with other shit that you'll buy. 
Capitalism wants productivity. Capitalism wants you constantly scrolling on the breeding grounds of insecurity. Capitalism doesn't give a fuck about your health. Well, they do if they can make money off of it. If you need to rest, rest whenever and however you can make that happen. I know there's a lot of shame around napping and resting. I've been experiencing it myself. I still haven't even slept or rested enough, and I still feel shame and guilt around doing it. Netflix doesn't want you to rest. Netflix wants you to watch just one more episode. So these are the things. Go back to the basics when you're in a moment or in a period of crisis. Drink water. You know what happens when you drink water? When you drink a glass of water, what you're really saying is, I love myself. That's what I say these days. It's a tiny thing, so small. I wake up, I squeeze lemon in a glass, I get some water, and I say, I love myself. That's what drinking water means to me now, and it's basic, and I'm basic, and it makes me laugh. But when I'm incapacitated, and I'm not in the flow, which my life has been like that exactly for over six months, maybe even more, I'm trying my best to be a basic bee. I stayed in the bath for so long one day, I think I regenerated new skin cells. When does that happen? Is it every seven years? That's how long I was in the baths. <laughs> well, I was in the bath for something like three hours. And I saved the water too. I had a really nice bath bomb uh, from my friend, Cynthia from Bare Skin Bar. <laughs> it was a really nice bath bomb. So I saved the water and then I put in hot water a little bit later and got in again. Ew, nasty. No, it is not. <laughs> okay. It's, it's all part of my scheme, see, because I'm going to bottle it. I'm going to bottle up my bath water. I'm going to sell it. I'm going to sell bottles of my bath water and sell it with bottles of my tears too. Great marketing idea. I got some new merch. Hey, if Gwyneth Paltrow can sell a candle that smells like her vagina for $75. <laughs> Speaking of bottled up tears, cry. If you need to cry, cry, but don't let the emotion consume you. I'm tired of people apologizing for crying or getting emotional like it's bad or wrong. Or when you cry, someone else reacts and says, oh, it's okay. Don't cry. Stop it. Hold space. Sometimes I cry from just being alive. I look at Raven or a flower or an eagle soaring overhead or the person that bags my groceries and always judges me for not bringing reusable bags anymore. Hey, I like the paper because I use it to start fires. I'll pay the nine cents, Timmy. Even that person. I look at them and I just cry from joy. We're lucky to be alive. Our odds are something like one in 400 trillion. That's our chance of being born. One in 400 trillion. And I know sometimes that thought doesn't help. I can go, ugh, who cares? But I just want to make a point. Does a person with depression cry from joy? Turns out, yes. So stick to the basics. And sometimes that's so difficult to do during a crisis. Cook yourself a healthy meal. Get your laundry done. Punch a pillow. Then sit down on that pillow. Close your eyes. Breathe. Stay off social media. On the topic, would you give up social media for a million dollars? Give it up. 
for the rest of your life. You're giving up social media for a million dollars. You can't use it for your business. You can't use it for anything. I give you a million dollars right now. You're never on social media again, would you? I mean, I would. But would the people be able to give up on me? That's the real question. (laughs) Imagine if people on social media were just fucking honest about living paycheck to paycheck, about their deep pain, about receiving help, acknowledging privilege, or admitting that they too want and seek validation. Because we're all validation-seeking hungry, hungry hippos on social media. And this is part of where I birthed I See You, I Am You. I started pulling back the curtain, the veil, a little bit more online, and then a little bit more, and then a little bit more, because people would look at me and make those maddening assumptions. I see you on the radio. I see you on TV. Your life's perfect. So stay off social media when you're in pain, please. I know it can help sometimes, but most of the time, it's a distraction from healing. Other things that help when you're in crisis, creating boundaries, petting an animal, go buy a plant. Have you seen how many plants I have? (laughs) If that's any indication of the amounts of times I've been in crisis and just gone and bought a plant. I mean, these things don't necessarily take away from the work. You're still healing yourself. You're still doing the other things. Asking for help. It's so important. And a big thing for me, I try to make this a regular routine, not just when in crisis, is take yourself out on a date. Allow me to introduce myself to the greatest relationship of your life. It is the one you have with yourself. I know you're like, but I'm waiting for the one or I found the one. We're all waiting for the one. You're the one. You don't want to be with the the one who's the other half of your soul. You want to be with the one that reminds you that you're already whole. You're dating yourself. So take yourself out on a date. Take yourself on a date to bed, to sleep. Even those simple things like getting rest or sipping on a glass of water can feel insurmountable in the midst of a crisis. And I get it. I know it. I've experienced and am experiencing that. So I'm going to go have a glass of water right now. Will you join me? I love myself. You can't always just breathe it away. There's not a pill that you can pop or an oil you can sniff or some exercise you can do or a book you can color in. Mental health needs to be advocated for 365 days a year. And sometimes all we can do is hold space and hold on for the one who feels like they just can't. There are still career repercussions and stigma when outing yourself or being truthful with struggle and pain. There is real fear around the consequences of judgments of stories and mental struggle that exposes us to more discrimination and stigma. That is what's insane to me. I know I've experienced and felt that. And yet, here I am. So let's talk about doing something with this mental hell, putting a deposit into our mental wealth, into our health, full stop. Because remember, there is no 
duality between mental and physical health. It's our health. And we can talk about this for the rest of time. In fact, I intend to. But right now, the one way to change your life, the one thing you can do right now to change shit up, to shake the mess inside our minds, the one thing you can do to change your life is changing your patterns, doing the exact opposite of what you'd normally do. And it's hard because we don't feel like doing that. When we're in the middle of a crisis, it's really hard to do this. And it might feel a bit scary. You want to sit in bed all day and wallow? Of course, it feels good. It's pain. Force yourself to get up. Force yourself to get out. If you can't, call somebody who will. If you don't have anybody, you can message me. Scare yourself sometimes by doing the exact opposite of your pattern. And I know it's not easy. It's not always so simple or we would just do it. It takes incredible strength. Sometimes we have to pull it out of our asses and sometimes we just can't. And I know that all too well. I am here. I see you. I am you. You are never alone. My final advice for anyone currently struggling, and that's all of us, for a plethora of our own reasons and challenges, is to get help and help yourself. You have to want to help yourself. You have to get so sick and tired of your own bullshit and pain. You have to reach the dark night of the soul. And sometimes again and again and again. I know this is hard without proper access to the right resources, without financial means. Getting help is a limited thing. I hope that changes. I want to see that change. I want to be a part of that change. I want to live in the world where we all have access, where there are no barriers to our health in any way. There are free programs online. The Canadian Mental Health Association has a bounce back program, which is focused in CBT. It's cognitive behavioral therapy. There are lots of people you can follow online that offer content, courses. There are scholarships. There's group therapy you can apply for and wait four years for and then never go to. But suicide and depression are at all-time highs. Despite having the right prescription medication, talk therapy, a $10 billion self-help industry, and a seemingly more open society of acceptance, at least one corporate handjob day a year. So why is that? What can we do? Let's work on forgiving ourselves, forgiving others, and believe we're forgiven too. Create a meditation practice. Check out breathwork, bodywork, yoga. Get a good therapist if you can, a counselor or a coach. Read about the brain. Become a curious scientist to your own life. Connect to others, but don't permanently reside with them inside of your pain. Feel your emotions and move through them. And when you can't, try to keep your heart open. Know the only constant is change. Know that others feel like you. Chances are I have or I do. 
Accept that life is not just about being happy, but we can heal. We are better together and we will see the sun again. I want to finish this episode on all things mental health, mental wellness, on all things health, full stop, with the last page of my book. (gasps) I know, I shouldn't give away the ending. It's interesting because I had a different ending and right before going to print, I wrote this for a friend and I decided to change it. Uh, Once again, you can buy my debut poetry of uh, musings and revelations at icuimu.com. Okay. I can hear a float plane in the background. There is life around me. Page 279 of I See You, I Am You, a book that some people told me no one would read. I can't tell you that it gets better. No, I could never promise you the all unknown uncertainties in this world. But I can tell you that you will feel joy. You will feel ecstasy and happiness like you've never known. There will be late night Chinese food and embraces that linger long after they leave. Moments where you feel completely seen and understood. There will be special glances that trigger heart flutters, back rubs, and adventures that make you feel all at once connected to everything and nothing. Someone will think the sun shines out your ass, who will pet your head and give you screaming O's and loving reminders that you're so lovely indeed, always, always. There will be times when you get lost to be found, with the most incredible bursts of sunrises and sets. You will notice birth, life, and death, and remember that sometimes in life, we just have to forget. You will lead others and also sometimes follow. You will put your hand up and also sometimes feel as if both are tied. You will experience a knowing of some of the best and worst people and also of who your true self is, and some of those selves will fall away, both you and them. Yes, there will be cracks, there will be pain, sometimes seemingly never-ending. But each time, you will strengthen and rise and yet soften, not harden. And with every passing day, you will know yourself more than ever. I can't tell you that it gets better, no, but I can tell you that you will. It's been real, it's been fun, it's been real fun. Until we meet again, this is not goodbye, but it is.
it is. Good night. The Deep V is recorded on the Sunshine Coast in beautiful British Columbia, Canada. Music composition and production provided by Andrew Rasmussen in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Hire him for your next creative project, or if you need an incredible touring musician or composer, he's a pro. You can find me online at CaseyJoeLose.com. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at CaseyJoeLose. It's like loose with no E. And you can buy my debut poetry book, I See You, I Am You, at ICUIAMU.com. If you have any suggestions or confessions, send me a note at thedeepvpodcast at gmail.com. And most importantly, if anything resonated with you here today, please share it with someone you love or talk about it in real life. Thanks for listening.